bids are in, the gavel has dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at Wine Bid, we are finally hammered. That's right, this is another episode of Wine Bid's podcast about all things wine value and, and wine retail. My name is Jeff McGurn. I'm on our uh, marketing team here at Wine Bid. And with me, as always, is the illustrious Paul Walker, our wine auction expert. Welcome, Paul. How's everything going? How's it going? What are you uh, are you having something? I know last week we kind of skipped over what are you drinking because I think it was too early in the day, but you know. I am. I'm having a uh glass of Pelicero uh Dolcetto de Alba. Nice. Don't, don't judge me. I know you're you're not a huge Dolcetto fan. Hey, I, uh, I like all kinds of wines for Piedmont. I at Dolcetto, it's Barbera, I like them all, so you like them all. Well, I, I love them all. This one, it was burning a hole in my cellar. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to crack this one because <laughs> I am, I'm thirsty. It's been one of those Mondays. There has been a lot going on. Let's yeah. jump right into it. This is our auction recap show. We've been seeing a lot of action at auction. The wines have got the most bids. And now granted, there were five of them in the lot. We had an 04 Ridge Three Valleys. Five of them. <laughs> it's, always, it's, like another, it's another like inexpensive Ridge wine, I think we, yeah. we talked about a while ago. It's like, hey, look what happened. It's like cheap ridge, right? It's cheap ridge. I love, but I love Ridge Three Valleys. I have like cases. Oh, four though, dude. That's 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 almost twenty years old. Now. Twenty, nineteen year old Ridge Three Valleys, <laughs> but 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 fifteen bids on those bottles starting. I mean, yeah, Ridge twenty would have been a steal for that. It's true, and like. That's also something you would have expected to have been drunk a long time ago, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not one of these ridge wines that people put down for, you know, 50 years or whatever. So, but it is still absolutely stunningly delicious in my very personal uh, opinion. Love me some rich revalues. Were you one of the, were you one of the multiple bidders that, that bid on this? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't bid on there. I, I already have so much rich three valleys in my, okay. my cellar. You've got a vertical of three valleys. I got like a vertical of three valleys dropping down into a wine that we had mentioned last week. And I have this big grin on my face. I'm, I'm sure you remember uh, 2016 Anticatera Oakland <laughs> Pinot Noir, which, which by the way, we're talking about that as a, as, as a value wine. And, <laughs> and you were like, Oh, I don't, I don't know that it's a super value wine. That one, 23 trackers, six bids, started at 110, hammered at $270. I think, I think we mentioned or made mention of, you know, the other labels, right? Like, and of course, like, I, from memory, I can't remember the, the name of the, of the sort of higher end label antique terra wine which i think actually already had a bid on it but it was very expensive right it was 300 or something dollars yeah, yeah. But then these there was the oblin and there was another one and i was kind of venturing like i was wondering if maybe they were you know younger vine fruit or something or a second label of some kind but uh, clearly not because <laughs> i got more than double the reserve for for that for that bottle so that was pretty wild clearly there's a lot of value in in that pricing because you know we see that we saw those get bit up a lot the other one that i wanted to mention which which normally i wouldn't mention but i have a kind of a funny story about this uh 2020 austin hope cabernet <laughs> seven year <laughs> we, had, we had seven of those 
which got six bids and went from started at 35, went to 42. This one, here's why this is kind of funny to me. First Does not all, make sense. It, it makes no sense to me. It's a 2020. No. So it's a, it's a brand new. Second of all, in 2021, I, I went to Paso, actually went to the Austin Hope Winery, right? Not uh, surprised. I'm it, not surprised. We, we plan our winery trips around what wineries allow us to bring like a three-year-old. <laughs> and, and because... Most do not. Most That's are like, true. you want to bring a kid? And my kid, you know, it, you know, our kid wasn't like doing much, but, but anyway, so. They didn't I, have any grape juice for your, for your child to taste. I see. Yeah, right. They didn't have any good, but, but my, my daughter was like greeting everybody that came in, that walked in, in, <laughs> into the, the winery, which was kind of hysterical. She was standing at the entrance, like waving at people. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. So anyway, but here's my funny story. I remember like drinking, drinking there, you know, they, they're bringing out the flights and drink the Cabernet Sauvignon. And obviously this is what you guys are known for. So it's really cool to visit the visit, you know, this vineyard where you guys grow this stuff. It's like, oh no, 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 no. We don't grow any Cabernet Sauvignon at Austin Hope. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, we sold those long ago. And we buy all of the grapes from people we sold. <laughs> we sold the vineyard. <laughs> so they don't According to the ladies, like we don't grow any of this. <laughs> what do they? What else do they pour down there? Because I've, I've never. The only one I've ever seen is the cab. Because I think it's relatively well available. Yeah, the cab is is incredibly available. Right, that one, that one you can buy like almost anywhere. Yeah, um, I was going to say the other stuff that they were they were selling me. You know, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc, Merlot, Pinot Noir. Uh, Petite Syrah, Cabernet Franc. It, it was in a lot of different places. I was actually kind of expecting to have more Rhone blends just because, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I love the, you know, the Rhone blends that I get out of Paso, but I'll move on. But I just had to mention that because I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> the thing that they're most known for, like, yeah, we don't grow any of that. Dropping down a little bit, 96 Pontic Canet. We had a bunch of those. Those, those we had five, six bids. Started a hundred and hammered at one thirty-five. It's funny we because we definitely talked about this wine, and we I did. said, "Hey, that's not a bad price for you know mid nineties Ponte Canet." Is sort of before Ponte Canet got uh, rebranded or 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 however you want to put it. Anyway, it did surprise me that it went up to one thirty-five. That was quite a bit more than I thought. I, I was also a little bit shocked that we saw it travel up that much. Ponte Canet yeah. is one of those ones that I feel like every year just seems to incrementally increase in in value right a little a little bit more i would even wager to say had you invested in a ton of ponte canet a decade ago <laughs> you know great you'd have to do the volume but you'd certainly be making money because that stuff just does seem to increase in value yeah i mean i think it's kind of just when it took off and you know in the late late like oh uh, eight oh nine I think the, the 09 vintage with the 100 points and then the 10, it just kind of, it kind of pushed the prices up going forward. And so it's kind of strange to me. It's almost more like rarity and collectability, but you know, there was a lot of 96 points together. It's not like they didn't make a lot of it. So it does seem a little bit surprising. I, I was just randomly looking at all the wines listed from from Ponte Canet and just to see reserve pricing and and also scores at a glance and the ninety six scores were actually quite underwhelming that they weren't they weren't that great so it's it's a little funny that it got pushed up but hey that's cool they're they're you know it's a sought after 
producer now it's not it's not sort of something that you could find at cost plus for 40 bucks which you used to be able to all the time so. yeah you it used to reliably reliably be at costco sub 100 dollars. Yeah. oh absolutely right? like, almost yeah, yeah. every time tons I went to tons of it, like cases like cases yeah. and cases and cases of ponte cane lynch baje Bucasel, Claude. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that you could very reliably find that I feel like has become significantly more softer. I feel like it's also really good juice. So it's on the backs of, of high quality production. You've got what, yep. is what a seventh growth, maybe fifth growth Bordeaux. Fifth, yeah. Fifth growth Bordeaux that's really punching above, above its weight into the yeah. second growth category. It right? is, but it, I think part of that is because, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was revamped, you know, like I say, in later years. And so, the, the, I mean, the mid nineties, you're right. The mid nineties vintages like 95, 96, especially were, were excellent. And I think for, for, for the level of quality per price, they were, you know, far better than a lot of other things in the fifth growth category that probably even cost more money, but it's, it's a different wine, let's just say than the wines that are produced in, in 08, 09, 10, and even 05 for that matter. By the way, not all wines uh, th that we sell are super expensive wines. As everybody here knows, we've got some phenomenal deals, uh, uh, you know, at more affordable price points. 07 Domain de la Gravillette, Chateau Neuf du Pape, 14 trackers, five bids, started at 20 went to 28. 07. That one you probably really need to be drinking right now, I would think. I mean, CDPs will, yeah. will, will, will last know, like, time, but... I saw also something about 07. Chateauneuf's were super overblown. I, I can't remember. It was probably on Berserkers or somebody that had, you know, had a string of bad bottles and they got all upset and went on and said, oh, seven's a terrible Chateau vintage. But I think, I do think some of the wines were a little bit you know, a little bit hot, a little high alcohol, um, but still, you know, that's a great deal, right? 27 bucks for, for something from what could be considered a, a decent vintage. If, you know, if you've tasted the wine or if you've tasted other wines and didn't have wines that were out of balance, it's, it's a great deal. Even if you've not tasted any of those wines, it's 16 years of age, you know, $28 bet on a bottle of Chateau du Pape. That's not a crazy bet to make. If it's bad, like you're not going to be kicking yourself. It's not like you're spending $2,800 on the bottle and you're like, right, you know, right. and then it ends up being corked and you're super upset. Right. We're talking 28 bucks. Right. Um, I wanted to mention something because it's as I'm looking at, at bids here, further down the list, just a couple down, there's a, there's a bottle of 2017 Gargiulo. I, I was just going to mention that. So this is a really cool winery because it's kind of under the radar. It's on Oakville Crossroad. It's surrounded by some extremely famous neighbors. Uh, and this wine is cool because it's got Sangiovese in it. We always talk about Napa Sangiovese. You and I are both yes. fans. And like, yes. I, I always say like plant more Sangiovese in, in Napa and, you know, Oakville, especially it's, <laughs> it's like sacred ground for Cabernet, but this wine Look what happened. I was like, yeah, a prelay. It's, it's not expensive. And it got bid up to $67 for, from 25 bucks. Well, and and by the way, speaking of Napa St. Jovis, we were just talking about this, almost no competition. I won some Staglin, Staglin uh, yeah, San yeah. And Staglin is top tier Napa cab producer. Sure. Which, by the way, they get a ton for their Napa cabs and it's great stuff. Yeah, but, it is. But they're producing San Jovis that, that you can get at auction for 35. Yeah, no, you're right. There's still, I look, I just look 
looked it up after you mentioned it and there's still quite a few bottles left. So this is surprising. And I think it's maybe it's because it's rare. And I also think because I got a buddy who works there. Uh, shout out to Andrew Brooks. Great, great buddy of mine. And he says that they don't um, I think they ripped up all the Sangiovese. So this might be the last vintage where they uh, made you know, a state, a state Sangiovese Aprile Super Oakville blend. So that, that was fun to see because I, I actually got to tell him about that. I just I just saw that just tonight. So that I was I was just going to mention that we also have other stuff that went up. One thing that I thought was really interesting, and this is something that we've been sort of talking about. I don't think we've spent as much ta- time talking about it on the podcast, but we've had a lot of these California late harvest, yeah. not late harvest, Rieslings, Gewürztraminers, yep. yep. all, all this stuff. 1977 Robert Mondavi Johannesburg riesling yeah right which i this is these are ones that are watching they're coming to auction like 15 bucks right which is very very reasonable for for something (laughs) that probably stands the test of time and i've i've been looking at all these come in going like and i've been bidding on a ton of them getting outbid um and and at wine bid you know we we don't remit but 15 dollars to start and it hammers after five bids at 50 bucks 49 dollars right yeah which That's, I thought was super cool. That is cool. I think, you know, it's rarity. It's late 70s. Mandavi is kind of the heyday. Some of the best red wines they ever made were from vintages right, right, you know, right before and after that. And so I think that is is just a function of of rarity. It's it's and I think it's dry riesling too, right? It's it's low octane. It's like 12.5% or 12% anyway on the on the label, but I don't think it's it's made in a in a sweet style i think it's on the drier drier side but that's always fun to see and and not too surprising just because of the vintage and you know the collectability and i don't know as much about this but apparently this this i keep seeing this term johannesburg riesling which mm-hmm. i guess has been phased out as mm-hmm. this sort of a, a a descriptor but it's probably something you're more familiar with than i am uh you know i wish i could tell you exactly what what was going on as far as varieties and, you know, in, in, in old California, but I'd have to look it up. Um, there are, I believe still some Napa and, or let's just say, you know, local or California or West coast, whatever you want to say producers of Johannesburg Riesling, but I can't tell you as to what the difference is, you know, between this variety versus others that were planted. Cause obviously they're still Riesling planted and, and, and harvested in the state elsewhere. So I don't know. I wish I do. Just a couple more that I wanted to mention Yeah, yeah. before we wrap up, or, or if you have anything to mention, we had a 2014 Alpha Omega Toyon Vineyard Pinot Noir. Four bids started at 30, went at 42. I thought mm-hmm. that one was, was, was super interesting to see. I'll actually mention we, I, and I called this out the last one. Uh, we had a bunch of Ant Hill Farms. Uh, yeah, the thing, there was a bunch of it. There was, and I love Ant Hill Farms. And, and so when I see that, I was like, I was like, oh my God. I, and I, I actually did not bid on it. And I should have bid on it because I love <laughs> Ant Hill Farms. But instead, there's, I, probably, I, some, there's probably some left. Would, there's probably would, some left. Yeah. Well, instead, I picked up a bunch of the Linmar estate stuff um, based on, you know, other people's recommendations because I I just have not had a lot of Linmar. And one of our resident winos here, uh, uh, (laughs) our our head of, you know, our CTO, Marty, he's probably going to be listening to this, pulling his hair out because he he loves Linmar and he was really upset with us for... for (laughs) I was surprised. I was surprised he even made mention of it because I thought all he drank was wines from the Northwest because he's such a a fan of them. Such a fan. 
been Andrew blogging about Northwest wines for years and years. So I figured, I was like, what? Marty doesn't drink Lindmar. He doesn't drink Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, but I guess he does. I disagree with you. I was just surprised that he was listening to our podcast at all. <laughs> but like anybody, but but you and I, and it's true, uh, and a few robots, and, and a few yeah. and a few bots were listening, <laughs> listening to our yeah. podcast. Um, and then there was there was one that was kind of interesting. This Beau Ferrer, Ferrer, uh, Beau Ferrer yeah. um, that one. You know, we had two of them. Four bids started seventy five, one ninety two. So there was a little bit of action there. Yeah, that's. That's pretty interesting, actually, because there always seems to be a little bit of it around uh, kind of filtering in now and again. It's not necessarily rare, but, you know, this this vintage 2010 Upper Terrace, it might this might be one of those wines that people are just kind of looking out for because they know it's it's very good at this point. But, yeah, that I, I, I haven't seen bidding activity like that on both rare wines, you know, recently. So it's probably been a while since it was last in auction. And then one last thing I'll, I'll mention yeah. um, was the 2019 uh, Bodegas Alto Ribera del Duero three bottle lot. That one started at 124 bids, took it to 170. You know, sometimes we see action on, on Spanish wines. I, I'm a fan of Ribera del Duero uh, wines. And uh, I thought it was cool to see something like that, especially a three bottle lot. Even at 170, it didn't str- it strike struck me as a pretty good deal for, mm-hmm. for Ribera del Dueros, right? Um, so yeah. I mean, granted, those are young. Those are those are probably gonna need to sit in a cellar for a little while before you know they sure. really get consumed uh, at, sure. at peak, but but I thought that one was super interesting as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And and you know, I think the three bottle lots sometimes can be, you know, people aren't always looking for a three pack. They they're more interested in bidding on just a single bottle, but that was, that was interesting to see multiple bids on a, on a three bottle lot. Cause we don't offer a ton of those. And we haven't generally when we have, you know, larger quantities of a specific wine, but in, in a lot of cases they don't necessarily get bid up. So. And I think you can actually find some reasonable deals in the whole, th- in the three bottle lots and, and some of the larger lots when a lot of folks are searching for stuff under a certain price point. And, and when you search for that, it doesn't necessarily come back as the price per bottle. You may see something that's like $120, $170. And you're like, well, this, this seems expensive. But when you break down on the per bottle price, it's actually not unreasonable to, to pay. Well, yeah. I think that reminds me of the, the, I think it was the three pack of Domaine Lafleur Pouline Montrachet we talked about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know, and I and I thought I had recalled the same wine that was in a previous auction, and it was. There was another bottle that was far more expensive than basically three put together. So even the three pack <laughs> itself wasn't that bad of a deal. Once, once you know the one that you mentioned. So go figure. Look, so it, was still, it was still a deal for three versus you know versus buying one. Well, not only that, but sometimes you can get them OWC too. Not right. Only- I mean, yeah, if they're not put together by you know by the by the account manager. Right. Right, right. If it's not put together, if it's not like something merchandised by like one of our account managers, sometimes you'll get something, you'll, you'll get three bottles or 12 bottles or six bottles of OWC. Sure. And I think to me, that's a, that's like a nice value add because, you know, I, well, I just think it's cool to have the, the, you know, the crates. I mean, you probably have a million of them at home. <laughs> Paul's guest house is made. I don't have room for wood. Crate. It's all, no, the, the wood doesn't leave the warehouse. It's it doesn't leave there. the warehouse. <laughs> like, it goes, no, I don't no, have no. any, any room whatsoever. God, so, no, no. no. Anyway, anything else you wanted to bring up before we wrap up our recap? No, it's funny because we we talked about the Duke's family wines, and I think I'd mentioned there were quite a few bids on those, and they all they all hammered within 
you know, within, I would say probably five, 10 bucks of reserve. So some good deals there on, on an Oregon producer. I was definitely not familiar with, uh, there, there was actually a fair amount of Gargiulo. Speaking of Gargiulo, there was quite a bit of it that sold, uh, in last night's auction as well. Um, I noticed another bottle that Aprile Red went from 30 to 65 bucks. So it wasn't just the 17 that got multiple bids on it. Some so, 98, some 98 Claude Duval went for, went for, oh, really? uh, yeah, 45 to 62. And by the way, interesting. You know, interesting. You know why I love Claude, Claude Duval? Why do you love it? Because you can take your kid to a wine tasting <laughs> at Claude Duval. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, I have to say that's a, that's always been a fun place to visit. And they, they always break out awesome wines. If you start to talk to one of the people there and they're, you know, you get they a report do. going, they, they bring bottles up from underneath the table and they're like, try this, try that. Yeah. They've always been awesome. So that's it's, good to know that they, they allow kids cause I'll have to visit. <laughs> you, it, well, I was going to say, that's going to make it, that's going to make a difference to you now, buddy. Now that you've got, now that you've got the two kiddos, it's a beautiful winery like yeah. Claude yeah. is gorgeous. gorgeous it's yeah. really nice they have great i think they have great wine well, they great. Do. It's, it's always been underappreciated and you can see now like your example you just mentioned that it's it's getting to be you know it's getting to have a stronger secondary market following that ever did because it for years and years and years you could find just phenomenal vintages like the 78 reserve, which is incredible wine. It's one of the best California cabs I've ever had, you know, 87 reserve, incredible. They were never expensive until now. <laughs> until now. And, and by the way, they have really good like snacks and stuff at the, at oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter especially loved the like breadsticks that they would bring out to the sweet. as a part of the tasting. It was, oh, we got to get up there. We got to get up there. It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, all right. This has been our auction recap. Stay tuned. Our next episode, we're going to go over some of the wines coming into auction this week. And you're not going to want to miss it because we have a ton of really interesting juice coming into auction this week. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, for Wine Bid and Finally Hammered, my name is Jeff McGurn. This is Paul Walker. And uh, happy bidding to everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.